Well, good morning. My name is Matt, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I got uh, home a little, little late yesterday. We went up to Oklahoma to see in-laws, Oklahoma City. And if you'll bear with me a little bit, I uh, came in so late, I didn't get to, a chance to write my thank you notes for the week. You know, I like to write thank you notes. And uh, so I forgot to do that, and, and, and I'd love to just take some time to do that real quick. If you don't mind, I know you don't have anything going on. Uh, but uh, you know what would help? Garen is, yeah, is if we had some, I don't know, music, yeah, music would be, would be great. I can probably come up with something. Okay, let's uh, do that. Uh, all right, let's see. Thank you, sweet potatoes, for clearly tasting like a dessert, but calling yourself a vegetable. Thank you, people who offer to bring cranberry sauce to Thanksgiving dinner, for basically saying, I'm really good at using a can opener. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you Kids. Let me get around the. the yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, here we go. There we go. Thank you, kids' table, for providing an isolated place for kids to sit and for relatives who want to talk about politics. Thank you, Thanksgiving football, for giving me a chance to eat too much, then pretend to work it off by watching other people exercise. Thank you, people who asked to borrow Tupperware for Thanksgiving leftovers, for basically saying, can I borrow your Tupperware forever? <laughs> Thank you, cars that have seat warmers, for always asking, making me ask the question, wait, did I just pee my pants? Thank you, cotton candy, for making grandma's hair look so delicious. <laughs> Thank you, HFC kids and student ministry volunteers, for giving your time, talent, heart, and heart to seeing our students grow in their faith. Our appreciation for you, for your love and your investment in the next generation cannot be expressed in words. There you go. Thank you, James, or Garen. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon, for thank you notes that usually are pretty funny. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. Hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving and you spent some time. That is from a show, by the way. I didn't just come up with that myself. Copyright Tonight Show. Uh, Hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving with family and friends, and uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. You've chosen to be here. We're in this series called Resident Aliens, and it's basically been a, a series, if you haven't been with us, it's all about the book or the letter, First Peter. We've been looking at various things that Peter has told us or talked to us about, it, basically what Christ followers should look like in the world, and he even calls us aliens and strangers in this world. And maybe you remember scripture like, 
that we're called to be citizens not of, of this country or kingdom, but of another place. And we have our citizenship in heaven. And so as people that are, are, are not from this place, maybe we're from here, but we're not supposed to act like we're a, a part of this place or this culture, that we act a little differently. We've been talking about different things to do with that each week. So if you have a Bible, we're in 1 Peter, kids, 1 Peter chapter 5. It's family worship Sunday, and it's good to see kids in service. If you have a Bible, you can, you can flip to it on your, your actual Bible or the, the Bible app on your phone. It's 1 Peter 5. If you don't have one, it's going to be on the screen. And this is Peter writing a letter to Christians that are scattered, not only then, but now as well. He says this, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that, is, that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over them, over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, which is Jesus, you will receive the, the crown of glory that will never fade away. And in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Now, kids, if I can get your attention real quick, let me ask you a question. If you were going to write a letter to future you, what would you write? Like, if you were going to write a letter, say to yourself in five years from now, or 10 years from now, or maybe even 25 years from now, what would you want to tell yourself? Like, would you want to tell yourself some things that you liked, or your games that you like to play, or friends that you hung out with, or things that you want to do in the future? Maybe that's something you guys can do as a family sometime this week. I have a, a crazy thing that happened to me when I was in the seventh grade, I did that very thing. My teacher in the seventh grade said, I want you to write a letter to your future self. And I'm going to, next year, I'm going to mail this to you. and You'll get it in the mail. And so when I was in the seventh grade, I did that very thing. But something happened. I don't know what happened, but the next year, the letter didn't come. And I gave an address of, uh, that would be definitely be there. I, did, I was kind of in transition moving at the time. We were moving. Uh, and, and didn't know where exactly our, our location was going to be, so I gave my grandmother's address to my teacher. So, get this, five, about five or so years ago, a letter shows up at my grandmother's house. Yes, it's from me, back in circa 1991, all right? 1991, 25 years later, here's the letter from me to me, okay? Now, I can't read the whole thing, but here are some of the highlights. Dear Matthew... What's up? And I didn't put what up, I just put the, the arrow up, okay? What's up? Well, nothing going on here, but you should know that. I better get down to business, and I start to write all of my friends down. My best friend's name is blah, 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 and I just listed friends' names and why I thought they were really cool. Uh, 
my goals are to be a professional basketball player and baseball player for the Chicago Bulls and the Oakland A's. Apparently, I was going to do that at the same time. Uh, and making $1 billion a year, $1 billion a year. But of course, this is like a one in a million chance. Uh, so I would like to be a successful businessman who makes a difference in someone else's life. Uh, there was a couple of letters, so I'm going to kind of combine things. But another, and one of the other letters I said, I want to go to Duke University. Yeah, yeah, Duke. I, I don't know where I got that. But I said I want to have a 3.9 GPA. You know, I didn't want to, you know, shoot the bar too high, you know, 3.9. I'm going to be the sixth man on the Duke basketball team. I didn't think I could start, but I knew that I could make the team, all right? And uh, so I'm going to go to Duke. I keep on writing. The styles today are, I like are stonewashed jeans and air, I like to use quote marks back in the seventh grade, air Jordans. The music I like today is uh, Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. And on the other letter, I wrote this. Uh, some of my favorite songs now are, uh, there, there are a lot of different artists that I like. Uh, one, the song is I Like to Be With You by Mr. Big. Do you remember that song? I could sing it for you. Diamonds and Pearls by Prince. Uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Yeah. It's so hard to say, you're feeling sorry for me as a kid, aren't you? <laughs> it's Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday by Boys to Men. It's a great song. And uh, Too Legit. Too Legit to Quit by Hammer, uh, and I don't know why I wrote these words, but the kind of music I like is soft rock uh, because it has a good lyrical meaning. Uh, no clue what I was thinking there. My favorite food is fried chicken with corn on the cob and uh, dessert cheesecake with cold cherries. I'm from the South. Uh, my hobbies are collecting baseball cards and playing basketball at DJ's house. The person I admire the most is Martin Luther King Jr. because he stood up to prejudice and was a leader who believed that people of all races could, could live together. I just like Martin Luther King straight into my favorite show is MacGyver uh, <laughs> because he shows me things. My favorite actor is Will Smith. He's been around for a long time, 25 years. Car of my dream is a Lamborghini. Uh, I have no pets now, but I'm trying to persuade my parents to get me a dog. Uh, that did not happen. Um, so there's a letter to myself. Uh, there's other things that I don't want to bore you with, but it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Uh, think about 25 years ago, what you would write. Now, adults and kids alike, what if you could go back, write a letter to your past self? Mm. What if you could deliver a, a letter in the mail, put it in the mailbox, and it would go back to yourself, say, 25 years ago? What would you write then? Hmm, don't wear this. Don't go here. Uh, don't take that job. I don't, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Bet on the Cubs in 2016. It's going to happen. Microsoft and Apple. I know you don't know those words mean, but those are good things. What would you tell yourself? Now, why am I, am I getting into all this? Now, First Peter, you know, Peter is writing this letter. I mean, I just imagine him back in the day, he's, he's sitting almost maybe at a table, and as he's writing this letter to Christians that are scattered around, he is, he is 60-something years old, what scholars tell us at this point. And what I see as he's writing this, these words of instruction to Christians, he is thinking about 30-year-old Peter. Remember 30-year-old Peter? Now, this is like 30 years ago. He's... he's when 30-year-old Peter was when Peter actually first met Christ. 
when he first met him, Peter was a fisherman, remember? He was by the sea one day, the Sea of Galilee, and suddenly this man that, that people had been talking about, this Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher that spoke like no other rabbi had spoken like. And he comes up and, and he says this, come and these two words, follow me. Follow me. Now, those seem like very simple words to us, but back then, those words were very powerful. What it meant was this, as a rabbi, which means teacher, like basically follow me was basically this call to people to say, come, and you can and learn to be like me, be my disciple, be my student. And as a disciple, you're going to come and follow me. You're going to watch me. And, and the things that I say, the things that I teach, the things that I believe, you are going to embrace those things. If I build a fire a certain way, that's the way you should build a fire. You're basically going to be my apprentice. Now, as Christians, the first Christians, they were disciples of Christ. They were followers of Jesus. They were trying to be like Jesus. So when, when Peter gets this call from Jesus to come follow me, this was a monumental moment for him. It was basically, I have been going down this road in life, and now I'm leaving those nets, I'm leaving that life, I'm leaving that all behind, and I'm going to give my entire life now to becoming like this Jesus. And so that's exactly what he does. He, he, he becomes and he seeks to become like Jesus. Now this road wasn't an easy road, as we'll see, but, but he, he went down this path and his destination was to become like Christ. That's what a Christian really is all about, right? For us to become like Christ. Now, when I was uh, on vacation this last week, I was, we were up in Oklahoma for Thanksgiving, and my mother-in-law, uh, she gave me a book, and uh, it's a book that her church is going through right now. It's a book called uh, The Principle of the Path by Andy Stanley, and she just is in love with this book, so she gave it to me at the beginning of our time there, and I'm not saying that I was uh, bored, but I'm saying that I almost read the entire book uh, that, while, while I was there. So I, I was there, and I was reading, the, I just really got into the book, and there are some things that he says. And at first, you go, wow, I don't, I don't know if those were like mind-blowing, but once I got into it, it, it seemed to, to make a lot of sense. And so one of the things he says is this. I know this is going to blow you away, but here it is. Whatever road that you are on determines your destination. Whatever road that you are on determines your destination. I know, it's right? All right? Now, here's the deal. I have these friends, Eddie and I, uh, mutual friends, twin boys, Matt and Mark Robison. Uh, one holiday, I can't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, they were young, they just really had learned how to drive, they were like 16, 17, and they really wanted to go and pick up their grandmother from the airport. We lived in Florida. In Florida, the main highway there is 95 that runs down the, the coast. In Vero Beach, you can't see it very well, where I lived and Eddie grew up is between Fort Pierce and Melbourne. Now, to get to Orlando, you have to go 95 north, and then you go west to the airport. That's, they were going to pick up their grandmother. So they go in their car. They go down the highway or up 95. They go to the airport. They find grandma. They get in the car. Now, Eddie will, will testify to this, as that you're leaving the airport and going out, you go back out to 95, it is, in their defense, slightly confusing. But there are two signs, 95 south and 95 north, okay? And so about a couple of hours later, 
Miss Bev, their mother, gets a phone call, and she's like, where, where are you guys? You should be, you know, you should have been back about a half an hour ago. They are now, I don't know if you can go back to the first picture, they are now uh, around Jacksonville, uh, north, because they went the wrong direction. They went north instead of coming back south. How many have ever done anything like that before? Yeah. All right, we've been there. I am directionally challenged, I will admit it, All right? So here's the point. Did they intend to get back out home in the right direction? Yeah, obviously they did. They had good intentions, but good intentions, folks, are not enough, okay? Depending on what path you're on, that's going to lead you to a certain place, okay? So what Stanley says is this, direction, not intention, determines your destination. Now, you might want to write that down. That's, that's deep. You might want to think about that a little later. Direction, not intention, determines your destination, right? Now, you know, I have good intentions of uh, maybe losing some weight, being more healthy, but then there's things that happen. Uh, for example, I went out with some friends. Uh, their names rhyme with, uh, let's see, the Ruffs, okay? The Ruffs. Uh, Mel and I uh, went out with a couple friends of ours, and we we're going to go eat, and, and we pick a place, uh, Torchy's Tacos, uh, and uh, we're eating what I think is maybe the best queso in all of town, and uh, we're eating this queso, Mel and I are, and the roughs have clearly made some health choices that are like, we are going in this direction, we're not going to eat food that's unhealthy for us, and I am like thinking, how in the world can you resist this amazing queso? that we're eating here, but because of the directions they have chosen, guess what? They're gaining health, and they're, they look great, and they're uh, in, in great shape, and then I, I went back home and thought, man, I wonder why I am not feeling great about myself and losing weight, and do it. because intentions don't matter as much as direction. You can have all the hopes and the dreams that you want, but your decisions determine your path. That's why some people go down paths and they don't lead to the destinations that they desire. Let me give you a couple examples. A high school freshman hopes to go to college, the college of their choice, and become a doctor, but neglects to study while in high school. A young a Christian lady says, I want to develop a, a deep and lasting intimacy with God. So she gets up early every single morning and scrolls down her social media feed. A family says, we want to put God first in our family, but we are so busy with other activities to have time to, to go to church or, or to, to talk about God or the Bible. A young man desires to keep his mind pure, but he finds himself at friend's house going to risky sites and, and, and seeing risky things. A, a single mom says, you know what, or a single woman says, I want to marry a Christian guy who really loves God, but then dates whoever asks her out. A couple wants a healthy, close marriage, but they, take, they don't take time to connect daily. They don't go on things like date nights. They, they, they don't seek to encourage or to love one another. They barely even see each other. It's like ships passing in the night. Ed and Linda were in a pastor's office once, and they were basically on the, on the, the brink of divorce and bankrupt. And they were beginning to ask themselves, how in the world did we get here? 
how did we get to this place? We're in the conversation with the pastor. They begin to think back to 10 years ago. 10 years ago, before all of the mess, they kind of begin to see clues that they were going in the wrong direction. And a financial advisor began to say, okay, here's the plan. Here's how you're going to get out of debt. Here's how you're going to go and to change this and turn this thing around. And they began to work on a game plan together financially. They set up this game plan. They had it in a, in a black binder. The, the couple left excited about how things were going to turn around. They took that awesome black binder, this, this game plan, and they went home and they put it in a drawer. And they never pulled it out again. Did they have great intentions? Absolutely they did. But their actions and their decisions didn't match their intentions. There's a big disconnect between wanting something and doing something. So here's Peter. There was that day he, he left his nets. He physically left this old, this other direction, and he started to follow Christ. Now, now he's writing, and he's, and, he's, and he's 60, and he's thinking back, and he's giving advice to young Christians and, and Christ followers, and he says some things to, to us, and I think they're great things for us to hear as we are, are on our journey with Christ. He says this, younger Christians, younger folks in the faith today, Submit yourself to your teachers and leaders. It's great to have mentors and people. Submit yourself. Listen to people who have gone down the path further than you. Listen. He keeps going. Everyone, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Humble yourself. Submit yourself to God's mighty hand. That sounds familiar to me as I was reading that. It reminds me of a very familiar passage of scripture. It's a great scripture. Uh, for kids and adults to memorize alike. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says this. Maybe you memorized a different version as a kid, but this is the NIV, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge or submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. So here's Solomon, the wisest person, at, the Bible says, maybe in, in all the world, he is saying in scripture here that no matter what your wisdom is, no matter what your experience is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, when I was, uh, we were heading to Oklahoma on the way up, we were in, this is crazy, uh, but true, we ran into traffic in, in Dallas. I know that's a shocker, but we were in traffic in Dallas, and we're just slowly going along, and I'm, I'm with Carrie, my sister-in-law is beside me, and, and, and she looks over and is like, I think that's a... I think that's a bird carrying a mouse. Uh, and I looked over, and there was a bird, and he's just hopping along, and he is carrying a mouse in his mouth. I don't know if the mouse was sleeping uh, or what, but maybe he was just relaxing for the trip. But it, was, it just looked very, uh, that is a crazy sight to see a, a bear. There are things that are crazy but true, okay? And just another one is, uh, did you know, little fun fact for you, that a blue whale, let's see, we got, I think we have a picture of this. A blue whale's tongue is about the size and weight of a fully grown African elephant. Wow. Wow. That's hard to wrap your mind around, okay? Crazy but true. Now, here's something else that's crazy but true. There is a God that created the entire universe, that created the stars we haven't even found yet. He created us. I mean, did you see? 
amazing detail of who we are as humans. He created all of that and knows everything. He knows the past and he knows the future. And there are times in our lives that go, we go, you know what, God? I think I got this one. I think I got this one. I know what you say. I know what you tell me to do, but I think I'm going to do my own thing, okay? I think I'm going to lean on my understanding, lean on my understanding and go my direction because I, I, I think that'll work out best. And so all of us have had those moments before, haven't we? How did that work out? Not so well, not so well. Now, I know you've been sitting down for a while, kids, and you've been doing great. Uh, I want to teach you a song, okay? Can I teach you a song? But I need you to stand up. All right, everyone, if you can, stand up. This requires you to have a partner, okay? So you get to pick a partner. You can pick whoever you want to pick, okay? Pick whoever you want to pick. Sure. Kids, young, a lot, anybody can stand up. All right, do you have a partner? You need to get back-to-back with your partner. You got to get back-to-back with your partner. I need a partner. Ash, can you come be my partner? Ah, I can't believe you asked me. All right, now back in the day, before there were cool worship songs at camp, okay, we had like songs with motions, all right? And here's the song, Lean On Me, yeah? Now, when you're not strong, now you can do this motion, or you can do this motion, like this, strong. Like, ooh, yeah, strong. Lean to me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you. Now, this is where it gets complicated. I wasn't planning on this. But carry on, you'll have to carry me. I, no? <laughs> if you're physically able to carry One leg. There we go. Carry on. Four. You can do four, or you can do like a golf swing. If you have a good golf swing. Uh, it's... Won't be long before I'm going to need, you need somebody, somebody to lean on. All right, you got that? All right, here we go. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to try to speak sing it, okay, because for obvious reasons. But if you would, help me out. Anybody that can sing in any voice, please sing this. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. All right, give yourself a hand. You can get, thank you, Ashley. All right. Now you're awake. Every time I hear that verse, I think of that song. It just pops into my mind. As we, what if we leaned into what God had to say for us? What if we said this? What, just imagine this. This is crazy, I know. But what if this? Just imagine with me every single area of our lives, every single area of our heart. What if we said this? God, I know I have all this wisdom and understanding as a human, but I'm going to trust your way. I'm going to trust your way and the way I do my finances the way that I, I do marriage, the way that I, I date. I'm going to trust you in, in, the, in the way that I, I what I'm going to do in the future. I'm going to trust you in, in the, the things that you tell me to do and the way to, to speak to others and to act. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to lean into your way. I'm going to go down your direction and your path. What if we did that? What would that look like? All your ways submit to him and he will make your, your path straight. 
Eugene Peterson's version of this, the message version, says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, let me ask you this. Kids, if I invited you to my house uh, to come watch the Texans game, older kids and younger kids alike, right afterwards, we'll make burgers and dogs on the grill, but I want you to come over to my house, and we're going to watch the game, and we... We just loaded everybody up in a giant, uh, I don't know, 200-passenger vehicle, and we came over to my house, and you came into the living room, and I said, make yourself at home at my house. I want you to just be comfortable, make yourself at home. I go back into my bedroom, and I'm going to go put my Texan shirt on, and you just make yourself at home. What if I came back into the living room, and you had moved my Christmas tree? You moved it from that window, and you said, you know what, I kind of like it over here better. And then you said, you know what, this this TV just doesn't really do anything for me here. I'm going to put it over here. And this couch, I want to move it over this place instead of that one. And you know what, I just happen to have some paint with me. I just don't really like the color of your wall. And so I'm just going to, you know, you know what I'm going to, I would honestly think that if I came out of my room and you'd done all that amazingly in two minutes, that I would think you're a little crazy, okay? Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to invite them over to my house anymore. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little crazy. But can I tell you this? When we invite Jesus into our lives, what we're basically giving him permission to do is to change our lives and to change our hearts. And that's exactly what Peter did when he, said, when he answered that call to follow me. Now, it got a little wild, a little, got a little crazy. There were a couple of things that, that Peter had these moments where he's like, I don't know, Jesus, I don't, this doesn't seem right. Let me give you a couple of those really quick. One day, Jesus is meeting with his disciples. And back in that day, people wore sandals, and all the time they walked all over these dirty, dusty roads where animals had been, use your imagination. They would come into rooms, and the least person in the room, the person that was the least highest on the totem pole, the servant of the house would wash people's feet when they came in. So one day Jesus goes and he grabs the water bowl and he starts to wash other people's feet. Now Peter, flashback, he's having a flashback, he's remembering that and he's telling the, the people in, the, in, in First Peter, he's saying this, serve one another. That day, that was not on his mind, was it? He said, Jesus, no, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. Have you ever told Jesus that before, God that before? God, you have it wrong on this one, okay? No, no, no. You're not supposed to, to serve. We're supposed, the person with, that's the highest up, the, the power, you are, are supposed to be served, not to serve others. But what Jesus would te- was teaching him that day is this. To be a part of God's kingdom, we serve. And the highest serves the lowest. Everyone serves others. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you want to be a, a resident alien, if you want to be a, a person of the kingdom of God, then you serve others. There was this other day that Jesus, you know, Peter says this in First Peter 5, he says this, cast all your anxiety, cast all your, your cares. I wonder as he was thinking cast of being a fisherman. Cast all your, your cares, your anxieties onto God. There was a day that Jesus came to the disciples and said this, listen, 
Look at the, the birds. Look at the flowers. See how much I care for them. There was this other day that the, the fishermen were in a boat with Jesus. And he said, let's go to the other side. And, and Peter had this moment because suddenly a storm comes up. And even though he was certainly a, a person that was used to storms and, and water and waves, he was out and they were out in the middle of this boat with the disciples and Jesus. And Jesus, of all things, he's sleeping in the boat. He's sleeping in the boat, and the disciples are starting to really, they're really starting to, to get nervous and, and anxious about what's going to happen. And finally, they come up to Jesus, and I imagine it being Peter, because he was the one that was like, I'm going to be the spokesman for the group. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care for us? Don't you care for us? What does Jesus do? I don't know if you remember this story, kids, but he, he got up, and can I be honest with you? I think that he, this is just me. Just putting myself there, I don't think he was actually ever asleep. I don't know if he was, who can sleep through that kind of thing, but it was one of those, parents, do you ever pretend sleep so you hope that your kids will go to sleep? Waiting for this moment, and he said, and he, he gets up and he calms the storm and he calms the waves. And they said, who is this Jesus? Who is this God? He obviously does. He cares for us. You can cast your cares, your anxieties onto him, no matter what you're going through in life. And this is Peter talking now as a 60-year-old. No matter what storm you're going through. And then the last one, last thing is this. He points us to this. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. I wonder, as Peter is writing those words, Stand firm in the faith. Be aware that there's something out there. There's someone out there that wants to destroy you and take you off the right path or the right direction that you're going in toward Christ. I wonder if he had a flashback of that night that Jesus said, you, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And what was Peter's reaction? There's no way, Jesus. I'm not. There's no way I would rather die than deny you three times. There's just not, not going to happen. They go on. Jesus goes to this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he goes to pray. And Jesus says this, stay here. Watch. Keep watch so that you won't fall into temptation. Remember those words that he said? And he, and he came back not once, not twice, but three times he came back. And the disciples were there asleep. They're sleeping. And, of course, we know Peter, just a few hours later, would deny Jesus. So as he's writing these, he's thinking about these things. I wonder the, the feelings, maybe they rush back. And he's giving advice to us, stand firm. There is an enemy that wants to destroy you, to take you off of that path, to take you off the direction that you're going to follow Christ. And he wants to take you away from all of that. And if you don't stand firm, then all of that can be ruined. All of it can be ruined. There is a... Uh, I know you know this, but uh, there's, there's different apps on your phone, and one of them is a map app, okay? And without the map app, I would be lost. I'm directionally challenged. Uh, we were with my mother-in-law, and she is the sweetest, kindest, probably one of the most kindest people that I know in the entire world. She, however, has a flip phone still, okay? And that's okay if you have a flip phone, okay? In the flip phone world, you give directions on a piece of paper, okay? Do you remember those days? A couple of times in the weekend, 
she wrote down directions to various places. You're going to go to this street and, and go here. And then she would draw me a map on the piece of paper. We remember those days, right? Now, I tried to patiently go, just wait for it, wait for it. And what's the address for that? And I would t- you know, take the map and, and go. That The map on the piece of paper, I would get lost. I get lost a lot. There's an app on your phone. If you're, you're, you have an iPhone, I'm sure Androids have them as well. It's called the Compass app. Do you have the Compass? Do you ever look at that? We'll tell you right now, if you were to pay me $1,000 to point in the direction of my house, I, just, I, would have no, I have no clue which direction it is. I am directionally challenged. I feel like that I'll have to find it. I think it's that way. No? That way? The beltway is that way. Okay. Well, this app, as you know, it points you north, south, east, west. That's, that's the way a compass works, by the way. Uh, and so now I know that this is north. This is going north right here, due north. Or to turn around, obviously, that's south. You're with me, right? Simple stuff, okay? Here's what Peter learned back when he was in his 30s. That once you go in, in, in another direction, and Peter started going in another direction, he started to get off the path that God had for his life. There's this, this word that the Bible uses, and it's a word we, we don't use a lot. It's repent. Repent is not just, Jesus, I'm sorry for something, but Jesus, I'm sorry, and now I'm going to turn back, and I'm going to start going in the right direction again. It's a big difference. See, Peter, in that moment, when he denied Jesus three times, Here's this moment that he had with Jesus. Jesus rose from the grave, and he appeared to his disciples. And, and if I'm in Peter's shoes, I'm thinking, you know, I bet he's going to remember. Of course he remembers. He told me that it was going to happen, and it happened anyway. He told me to, to watch out, to, to not fall into temptation, and I did it anyway. Not just once, not just twice, but three times. And so Jesus, uh, Peter is back to fishing. Who knows what's going to happen after this whole, this whole thing happened. He's fishing again. And suddenly they notice that there's someone on, on the shoreline. Who is it? It's Jesus. It's a resurrected Jesus. And so Peter realizes it. And he's so excited to see Jesus that he jumps in the water, clothes on, and he swims to the shore. And just I can imagine this embrace that he has with Jesus. But at the same time, he's thinking, I remembered. I wonder if he remembered. And, and, and Jesus says this, Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do, do you love me? Jesus, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Third time, Peter, do you love me? You think Jesus did that on purpose? Three times? Then feed, feed my sheep. And what happened in that moment was Peter not only had a moment of of forgiveness and restoration with Jesus, but he turned his life around. He repented and and started walking back in the direction that he started that day. 
Because the words that Jesus would say right after that are these two words. Follow me. Follow me. Lean not on your own understanding, but, but follow me. Trust me. And so now, Peter, 30 years later, at 60 years old, is telling us in this letter, it's not too late. Turn it around. You're going the wrong direction. You're going the wrong direction. So this morning, I just invite you, I don't know what direction, I don't know what path you're on, I don't know what destination that, uh, that you intend to go, but I know one thing's for sure. The direction that you're going is going to lead you to a destination. And the direction may not match the destination that you want. That's based on decisions. The decisions you make, not just intentions. And so maybe today you're going down a path that you know is leading you the wrong direction. And it's leading you to the wrong destination. And now is a moment that you can not only say, God, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Lord, help me to turn around and start going the right way. Can I do this? Uh, I just feel led this morning to just spend some time in prayer. And, and I don't know how you want to pray this morning. I want to just give you freedom. Uh, Garen is, is, is going to play. And we just want to make this house a, a place of prayer. And maybe as a family you want to pray. Maybe as a, as a couple you want to pray. Or maybe you want to come to the altars. There's altars over here and, and, and everywhere. Um, and ask our pastoral staff, they're going to be on this side. If you want somebody to pray with you, maybe you want to ask God or ask uh, for anointing this morning for healing. Pastor Michelle is going to be over here. We just want to make this, this house a house of prayer. Maybe as you're looking into this new season, into the Advent Christmas season, you want to begin to turn your heart and your life in the right direction. So I'm going to invite you. I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, maybe you want to move around. Maybe you want to, to make your, your seat a, a, an altar. But I'm going to give you a, a few seconds, and then uh, we'll all pray together. Let's just seek the Lord this morning. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you that you are a God that's a relational God. You're not a distant God. You're not a God that's so far away, but you are the God that, that came down to earth. You walked with us. You, you, you taught your disciples how to live and to act and to treat others, and 
Lord, what the kingdom of God looks like. God, as, as your disciples today, Lord, we want to be more like you. God, I want to be more like you. God, I pray that you would reveal uh, to us the ways that we don't look like you. The thoughts that, that we have, the way that we treat people, the, the things that we say that, that don't match up. God, I pray for forgiveness for the moments where just kind of taking control. And even though I, I've said that, that you are or Lord and you are God, it seems like I'm the one that's calling the shots sometimes. God, I pray that our intentions would match our directions and our decisions, Lord. God, give us wisdom and guidance, Lord, and, and how to do that. God, I pray that you would guide our steps, Lord. If they, we're taking a step that's away from you, in a direction that's, that's not your will, that's not your way, Lord, I pray that, God, you would help us to turn around. Lord, I pray for those that are so far down the path of the other direction today, they feel like that they're too far away from you. God, we know and we lean on the promise that there is no one that is too far. Lord, in this moment right now, forgiveness can happen, but also repentance. That, that, that someone can turn their life toward you and begin to, to truly follow you right now. That they would just seek you with all their heart. And they would begin to, to let you guide their steps. God, I pray for that person that feels like they can't be forgiven. For whatever it is on their mind or their heart, Lord. God, I pray that your grace would just flow over them in these moments, Jesus. Lord, I pray for families, for kids, for, for parents that are doing their best to try to lead and guide their families uh, to follow you in this day and this culture, God. Give us, give, give us guidance and wisdom, Lord, in that. Father, we thank you that Lord, you are the God that heals. You heal where there's been long-time division and hurt where things that, that have happened in the past, Lord, just seem to have caused a wedge in between relatives and family members, people that we love. Lord, I, I pray that you would guide us in, in how to, to dissolve that, Lord. I pray that you would give us, uh, Lord, just power. Lord, you give us Lord, direction when, when the enemy is attacking, Lord. That you would help us, Lord, to, to not to, to fall for the, the enemy's schemes. Lord, we would stand firm in you. Lord, I pray that you, we would not fall for the same things over and over again, but we would learn and, and, and turn our lives around and begin to go down your path and your direction for how you are leading and guiding. We thank you that you have a, a hope and a future and a plan for our lives, Jesus. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for this week and this time that we've spent with family and friends. Lord, I lift up every request and every thing that is known and unknown in this room. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling this morning with grief from the loss of a loved one. Lord, we pray for that family that is fighting, Lord, disease and hurt. Things like cancer are on our mind this morning. We pray for your healing, Father, and I pray that families would be brought together. I pray for little Ryland right now. Pray that you would, you would be with he and his mom, Lindsay, Lord, as they are in this fight, Father. Lord, that family and friends would rally around them. God, strengthen them. God, guide their steps, Father. Lord, be with us as we get ready for this 
busy, chaotic season that we're about to enter into. Lord, I pray that we truly would be Christmas to, to each other, Lord, that we would look for opportunities to love and to serve, Lord, because that is where we find our identity, not in, 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 in power and, and, and stuff and things, Lord, but in serving and in loving and caring for others. God, help us during this season to, to focus on relationship with you and the peace that comes in knowing you, Lord. God, we lift up all these requests and all these things. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Would you stand with us, please? The end of of 1 Peter, he is uh, trying to wrap it up, this letter. And uh, he says, uh, you know, he, he begins to wrap it up. He doesn't say sincerely. But instead he says this, stand firm in his grace. Stand firm in the grace of God for you. And so that is our our benediction today. As we are going this week, that you would stand firm in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray as we enter this Christmas season that you would seek his peace during this time and you would stand in his grace. Have an amazing week.